Welcome to episode 001 of the Not Joe Flacco podcast, or Not Joe Flacco, the podcast. I can't decide where to put the. We'll figure that out. Today, I am answering questions from Ryan, who's asking about the Rams' outlook. I am answering questions from Dylan, who is looking for the GOAT running back. I step all over myself in this one. I don't know if I actually even answered the question. I think I answered it four different ways. You'll have to just kind of listen and check it out. And uh, memes of NFL asking, what's it like to be an original content creator? Thanks for tuning in. Like, subscribe, follow, give me a hug, uh, whatever it is you do. Here is episode 001 of Nacho Flacco, the podcast. The Not Joe Flacco podcast is brought to you by water. Water and all its many uses. Do you have a stray hair in your stash? Use water. Do you need a drink? Use water. Got some shit on your hands? Use water. Need to play a prank on someone? Water. Do you need to weigh down a basketball hoop? Water. Water has many uses. You should be more thankful of water. Save water. Hey Joe, Memes of NFL here. I have a question I've been dying to ask you. How does it feel being the only meme page other than me that still posts original content? And we're recording. Okay, so uh, Memes of, great question. What's it like to be one of only two content one of only two NFL meme pages to be putting out original content. And since I know that you are so diligent about putting out original content and you're so proud of your completely original content, I figured I'd share my process. Um, and uh, I'm sure I'm sure it matches up exactly with yours. Um, you know, I mean, as far as what it feels like to be, what's it like to be one of the... Uh, only two original NFL meme content producers, as you put it, at least, you know, at our size, you know, in the uh, 77.5 thousand and above crowd, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a little disappointing. Um, you know, it's a great community. I like all the guys. Um, but, you know, the, the going in and pulling memes off Twitter and Reddit and just reusing those, it's rampant. And I get it. You, you know, at this size, you're just trying to maintain and you're just trying to continue to grow. Um, and so it's hard, um, you know, and so the temptation is there to for these other pages to go out and pull stuff off Twitter and pull stuff off Reddit. Um, it's not my thing. Basically, for the same time, for the same reason that you know, uh, I don't do ads and I don't charge money, um, you know, except for the stickers, but that was just kind of a, a short lived hobby. Um, so I don't, you know, for the same reason I don't do ads is that I don't look at my page as anything other than a hobby. And it's not a hobby if I'm just reposting other people's content or using the same video over and over again, which I think is, you know, I think you have, you share those feelings really almost to the letter, um, in terms of not, you know, pulling stuff off Twitter and, and not 
um, you know, reusing the same video over and 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 over again, um, because that would just be boring. And it frankly, it'd be weird to spend so much time on something and to, to, to not, you know, want to put the effort into being original. So to answer, um, so memes of, hopefully that, that answers your question, uh, in terms of Sean's question, which is why'd I even start this? Um, to be honest, I, uh, I wasn't employed at the time. Um, I had, so my oldest son, I've talked about this, um, a few times and, and tried to run, you know, do fundraisers and things for him, but he's special needs. Um, and he'd been kicked out of a couple daycares and, you know, I'd, I have been in sales my entire life and it's really hard to start a sales job, especially out here on the West coast. I'm in San Diego. Um, it's really hard to start a sales job at like 11 o'clock once you drop them off at therapies and then Nana picks him up and all this other stuff. And so basically I wasn't working for, um, you know, I wasn't working for about a year and, you know, it was, it was obviously by choice. Um, you know, I, I, I could have worked, I had offers, I had things to do, uh, but it was just a struggle finding something that fit with the family and, and my wife's got a great job and, and uh, you know, it didn't make sense. All our benefits are through her and everything else. So it's, it, 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 it's not like she could have uh, taken that time. So I was stay at home dad and um, that fucks with me. Um, I, you know, I've been, you know, my entire like life and career, I've, I've work, 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 work. Um, and I like working and I've always liked what I do. And, and um, it's, it's fun for me. Uh, running sales teams and, and being a part of, uh, you know, fast growing organizations and stuff like that. It's always, it's, it's, it's thrilling for me. It's its own fucking drug kind of same way that the, uh, uh, kind of the same way that, you know, getting a ton of likes and growing your, your follower count is, is a drug. But, um, you know, I didn't have that. And so I kind of replaced it. And so it was, um, uh, it was on nine 11, 2016. So we're, I just, uh, I've been doing this for, this was my fourth season, 16, 17, 18, 19. And, uh, um, you know, I, I threw up a post and it was a stupid impact font. Um, you know, uh, very, very below entry level, uh, post, uh, just because I didn't, honestly, I didn't like the stuff that was out there. Um, you know, I didn't, it was so to, to the condensed version of why I started my account was it was out of boredom. Um, I needed, a, a, an outlet, a creative outlet. And, um, on top of that, you know, it was, there's some ego there and I wanted to see if I could play it at that level, right? There's accounts out there with a couple hundred thousand followers and there's all these other, you know, like trash accounts out there, not even just necessarily NFL meme page accounts, but there weren't that many of them. Um, I didn't, I, I wasn't like laughing. Um, and so I wanted to see if I could play at that level. I wanted to see if I could, if I could do that. And, and the other thing is that from a career standpoint, you know, like sales is eventually going to get replaced. And I kind of wanted to like figure out Instagram. So it was like, it was part ego. It was part boredom. It was part for the creative release. It was part research. Um, and that's what kind of got me wanting to start it. And, uh, and then, so the first month I was basically follow and follow, follow and follow, follow and follow. And I got up to about 400 followers and decided that that was definitely not how I was going to spend my fucking time. So at the time I was, so this is 2016. So I was 35. Um, I wasn't going to be sitting there going like, 
follow and follow, follow and follow, follow and follow. It's just fucking, you know, it was, it was a nice way to get my first couple hundred because, and, and it's a nice way for, if you're thinking of starting, go do that, right? Go on the big pages and just follow all the people that are making comments, the people that are active. And, uh, um, and it's a, it's a nice way to kind of get going and kind of get, a, in, get into first gear, right? Get the, get the car rolling, but it's not sustainable if, if you don't, if, if you at least don't, you've got to either have the taste to go find uh, other jokes, right? Other people's jokes and pick the right ones. Um, or you've got to um, have the ability to fucking actually craft a joke and write a joke and like, you know, set up a punchline and all the other shit. Um, and I didn't have that initially. The, the first post I had was, it was about a month later and it was kind of like, I was like, oh, this isn't working. And, um, I was still having fun writing the jokes and, you know, I was always cracking jokes with my friends and stuff like that. And, and I'll always talking about football. And I just kind of like transitioned the jokes I was making in the group text message over to Instagram and added basically pictures. And, um, you know, and then I, my first really good post was a, uh, it said, don't trust this man. And it was two pictures of Cam Newton, one in a Superman outfit and one in a Batman outfit or a Batman shirt. And, uh, um, you know, it's like, you, you got to pick one or the other. You can, you can't be Superman and Batman. One, one's got to be your guy. Um, and that with 400 followers that got like 2000 likes. And like, I was, I was hooked at that point. Um, and, uh, and then I grew to like 12 or 13,000 that first year, um, that first season. And, uh, now I'm at 77.8, four years later, other accounts grow faster. Um, but you know, going back to memes of question, you know, it's, um, I'm proud of the fact that, you know, every single joke I've written, every single post that I've put up, um, has been, you know, aside from the fucking shout outs and stuff like that, every, every post I've put up is, is mine. And, um, I, you know, I, I wouldn't do it any other way. I, I respond to every single DM. Um, I respond to as many comments as is kind of, you know, reasonable. Um, and I like the back and forth, uh, you know, the, the, the folks that jump in and go like, you know, fucking kill yourself and all this other stuff. Those, you know, the, the first time like a fucking eighth grader tells you to kill yourself and you're a 35 year old man. It's like, wow, man, should I, is that, is that a thing? Should I do that? Um, so, you know, it, uh, uh, anyway, I've learned a lot about you guys. I've learned a lot about myself. I've learned a lot about writing jokes. And, and at this point, like, you know, this is just, it, it's, it's created a regret for me. Like I wish I would have gone back. I wish I would have been like trying to write jokes and stuff like that 20 years ago. Um, you know, because I do get a lot of fucking satisfaction out of it and seeing something pop and, and things like that. And then, you know, so now we've got the podcast and Twitch and, you know, it's just like, can my stuff translate to, to these other areas? And, um, cause I like football, man. I like talking about football. And, uh, you know, it's fun. So hopefully you guys like it too. How do you think the Rams are going to do this season after losing everyone in free agency? All right. So, uh, Ryan's asking, you know, what's the Rams outlook? They've lost a lot of players and do you guys like the shirt, by the way, Twitch, YouTube is like the, I'm not sure if I shirt. Um, the uh, uh, Ryan's obviously uh, Ryan's obviously asking about the Rams outlook. They've had a ton of losses. They haven't added a ton of guys. And what I think, I guess, of their 2020 outlook. Um, this is the team that uh, 
you know, obviously made it to the Super Bowl, only scored three points in the Super Bowl, and then didn't even make the playoffs the, the next year. Concerning, obviously, is a 49er fan who, <laughs> you know, Steam just lost the fucking Super Bowl. And so we're uh, hopefully the Niners are going to be able to avoid the Super Bowl letdown. I think there's a couple things that, uh, so let's, let's just go through the players, right? So they've added Leonard Floyd and Ashawn Robinson, both uh, defensive line guys. Um, that's going to be, and, and, and kept Michael Brockers. I almost lost him to the Ravens, but they were able to keep Michael Brockers. So it's going to be a really good, now Floyd and, and Robinson are both on short contracts, one and two years. So I don't think even the Rams are thinking that they're going to be like revolutionary type players for them, but low risk. Um, and the Rams don't really have the room in the cap or with the draft captable capital to take big risks. And so, you know, hopefully for them, if you're a Rams fan, um, that these work out for you. But they're trying to get after the passer. And then they got Jalen Ramsey, who they get a full season of this year. That will obviously help. Um, But they lost Dante Fowler and replaced him with Leonard Floyd. That's obviously a downgrade. And you can just look at the contracts. You know, Leonard Floyd basically had his fifth-year option declined by the Bears, um, which is weird for a pass rusher. You know, it's like even – you know, like uh, Eric Armstead, who just got hugely paid by the Niners this last, the, just a couple weeks ago, um, was a very disappointing first round draft pick. And team and the fans were thinking that he should have been cut, but they still picked up his fifth year option. And, you know, part of that's got obviously to do with the salary cap, but also part of it is, you know, it's like, okay, 10, 12 million for a pass rusher. It's not that much money. So for the Bears to have bailed on Leonard Floyd, uh, given that it's just not that much money to keep a pass rusher is um, is weird, right? And should be mildly, I guess, concerning for the Rams. So this is Leonard Floyd's kind of a, a lottery pick. Ashawn Robinson, big dude, like 6'5", 330, something like that. He got a two-year deal. And, you know, he was really good two years ago. I think his like PFF grade was like off the charts, but then fell back to earth this year, this last year. So another guy, this is his second contract. But, you know, it's like if, if you're not hanging on to, you know, the the defensive line guys, it's, it's you're picking up secondhand defensive line guys. And that's not, you know, you really need stars along the defensive line in order to, you know, uh, make noise. So, you know, losing Dante Fowler and replacing with Leonard Floyd, obvious downgrade. Adding Ashawn Robinson, um, you know, is I guess he's going to take the Indomitian Sioux spot. Um, Clay Matthews, I don't even look at as a loss. The dude's too old, really, to have much of an impact anymore. Losing the kicker, Zerline, who cares? Um, and then we get to the the big name, which is Todd Gurley. And is is that you know from a from a salary cap standpoint, definitely not a loss. Um, I think the guy still scored twelve touchdowns last year, but not in the way that you know everybody thought. You know he was going to be, you know Adrian Peterson. LaDainian Tomlinson, like, have that kind of impact. And, you know, he's too banged up. The knees are, the, you know, the knees on him have already gone. And there's all sorts of bullshit about there, out there about how, like, oh, he's going to bounce back in Georgia and stuff like that. But does anybody really think that playing on artificial turf for, for uh, let's see, he's got eight games in Atlanta. He's got a ninth game in, um, in New Orleans. So he's got at least nine games on artificial turf. That's not fucking good for your knees. Um, so now in the Rams' favor, 
Uh, I don't think Goff can be uh, is necessarily going to be as bad as he was last year. The the problem with the Rams is their offensive line and the division that they play in. So here's there's two things, right? The Niners are going to have a tough time repeating thirteen and three, so that works to the Rams' favor. Um, and I and I say that not because I don't think the Niners are going to have a good season. You know, I think that eleven and five would be a huge season. I mean, if you look at even and I've said this a couple times recently, even Tom Brady and Peyton Manning only repeated thirteen and three or better records in back to back seasons twice, and they're two of the top three quarterbacks of all time. I have them one and three. Um, so I don't expect the 49ers to win 13 games again. I'd expect them to win 10 to 11. I really don't expect the Seahawks to win 12 games. They've got a, they went, they had way too good a record in one score games and teams that have that good a record. And they were, they went 10 and two in one score games, teams that have that good a record in one score games on average, it's not guaranteed. It's not fucking a rule on average, lose four games from their uh, win column the next season. So they're going, so four games off of 12 would be eight. So if they play another 12 one-score games next year, you can expect them to be closer to seven and nine, eight and eight, nine and seven. Um, and so I don't think either the Rams or the uh or the Niners are going to repeat their exact records. I think they'll both lose a couple of games off those records. If those are head-to-head matchups with the Rams, all of a sudden the Rams are right back in the thick of things. The seventh playoff game obviously helps the Rams. Sorry, the seventh playoff team obviously helps the Rams. Um, and on top of that, but the, now, the, now the fourth team in the division is the Cardinals. And they just added DeAndre Hopkins. And I think they've got a much clearer picture at running back now. They got rid of David Johnson and keeping Kenyon Drake. Um, you know, so, and Ke- Kyler Murray's going to, uh, you know, gets his second year. So, you know, uh, coaches always say the biggest jump you make as a, as a player is between year one and year two. So, Kyler Murray should be better as long as he doesn't pull a, a Baker Mayfield. But young quarterbacks can do that. Um, but the thing that, the, that should worry Rams fans is, a lack of depth um, that they are going to have to, they are going to pay the price sooner rather than later for not having first round draft picks in 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, maybe even the 22 draft. Like they've traded everything away in pursuit of paying um, and acquiring big name talent. Uh, And so that's, that's obviously uh, at some point going to have to, um, they're going to have to pay the price for that type of stuff. Um, good news for the Rams. They did bring back Whitworth and, and the guard Blythe. So, you know, they've got some continuity there. If they didn't bring back Whitworth, who I'm pretty sure Bosa just abused anyways, if they hadn't brought back uh, Whitworth, you know, Goff was just going to spend a ton of time on his back. But, you know, they're going to have to protect the passer and uh, give Goff time because he's not – you know, he's not a guy that's going to create too much, but, you know, maybe, maybe a season of, you know, seeing his quarterback uh, running for his life will help Sean McVay. He'll be able to kind of put on the genius cap again and, and game plan around how to keep his quarterback upright and uh, on the move and things like that. And, um, and give them a better shot. I hope not as a, as a Niner fan, you know, I hope they struggle next season. And I think it's more likely that they're in the seven to nine, eight and eight range. Um, 
because I just think they've given up, they've given up too much talent. Um, and not even on the girly side, I think, you know, going back to the Floyd versus Fowler, I think that's a big downgrade. You know, it's like they had an Indominus Sue two years ago. Don't have him anymore. Um, the line is, wasn't great this year. And their best player on the line is now 38. You know, it's, it's not, it's not a great look if you're a Rams fan and, and they just don't have the, the capital to be able to reload. They're on a shoestring budget, as you can see by, you know, their big acquisitions are, are uh, two guys that basically their old teams didn't want to pay. Um, so uh, not a rosy outlook for sure for the Rams, but the, the silver lining is that the Niners and Seahawks can't, can't, are not likely to be as good as they were in 2019. So you got that going for you. Hello. So I feel like just all time debates for wide receiver and QB, it's pretty obvious Tom Brady and Jerry Rice, but what do you think about defender or positions for defense and running back? Cause I think running back is a, uh, there's a lot of great running backs that can all be, and make their arguments for the GOAT. So Dylan is asking who I think the GOAT running back and defensive player is. I'm going to, I think I'm going to be able to just spend enough time just focusing on the running back side of things. And because I think there's enough depth there to, and it's just, it's a single position. So it's just easier. So I'm going to take the easy way out. I'll get to the probably the def- growth defensive player. Um, I you know my hunch is that I end up on Lawrence Taylor, and we just call it a day. But uh, you know if you want to you know if if they probably requires some dissection and, and a little more time. The uh, the goat running back thing is is similar. So the the way that the running back is has such a short shelf life that I think you need to. You know, if you were to pick one guy for one team um, to, you know, play against the the aliens, right, in a Space Jam type world, if you were picking a running back to play against the space, you know, the the NFL Space Jam aliens, you're probably not picking, you know, guys like Curtis Martin, Frank Gore, you know, those guys because they didn't, you know, they just didn't have the stratospheric um, uh, success in single seasons, and. So, but you also, you know, probably want to reward, you know, you're thinking of like, okay, do I, am I picking a guy for one game or am I picking a guy for a year or am I picking a guy for five years? And those are, those are probably three different answers. You know, if you're picking a guy for one game, I don't think there's anybody that you would rather have than Adrian Peterson. Um, I, he seems to me to be the, you know, the, they talk, everybody likes to try and tear down Tom Brady by saying he's, he's not the most talented quarterback. Um, also who gives a shit the, uh, uh, but in terms of, you know, uh, mixing talent with, you know, taking over a game and imposing their will on a game that, you know, um, it would be, it would, it would be Adrian Peterson, I think would be, the guy that I would pick to play against the aliens Um, in terms of like a couple season sprint, you you know, Terrell day or Terrell Davis unreal two or three years, this absolutely off the chart two or three years. And I think that when, if you're evaluating running backs, you can't just look at the top 10 list because there's some guys up there, some plotters, right? Um, you know, it's like you're not picking Jerome Bettis for one game. You're not picking 
uh, you know, or even a couple of years, you're not picking Curtis Martin for a couple of years, uh, you know, for, for a game or a single year stretch, like certainly not Frank Gore, um, uh, bless his heart. The, um, uh, you know, and Emmett Smith, uh, you know, do you pick him without the, you know, how do you separate him from the, from the offensive line? Cause he played behind just an all world offensive line. Um, so, you know, it's like, and, and with Emmett, I struggle with, okay, as a Niners fan, I struggle with giving him any fucking credit, but you got to look at a team that won three Super Bowls in four years and made the NFC championship game in the, in that, in that off year. And he was the running back for all three teams. He's the career yardage leader, um, for running backs. He did run behind a good game, a good line, but he didn't have a great quarterback. I think Troy Aikman's probably the weakest quarterback in the hall of fame. Um, and so he didn't have, and like, he didn't have like, it's not like he was playing with Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or, or even like Steve Young or Favre. Right. Um, and Irvin was really, really, really good, but I wouldn't put him necessarily in the top 10 receivers all time. Um, so you got to give some credit where credit's due. And, and, and Emmett was the key part of that triplet, that set of triplets. And, so I'd, I'd say that if you were picking a career, you'd, you'd pick um, Emmett Smith. I think the most talented running back I've ever seen is Barry Sanders. Um, and But if, if you look at the yards per carry, if you look at the, the, the speed and the acceleration, like I wouldn't necessarily pick him to play against the, the, the aliens, right? Because um, he didn't have the – I didn't – I didn't, I didn't, I don't like, I don't like the way he necessarily runs the ball. Like I don't, I don't like the guy that goes for the home run every single time. He was the most fun to watch. And, and I think him, Laura, uh, Ladanian Tomlinson, and we're just talking about guys that I've like seen play, but like him and Ladanian Tomlinson are like two of the guys that I think probably have the most talent, um, God, I might be stepping all over myself right here. This is such a hard thing to think about. If I okay, so one game, Adrian Peterson, couple year sprint. You know, Terrell Davis is up there, um, and I think, but I think the guy that doesn't get mentioned enough is Ladanian Tomlinson. And I mean, this guy was a monster for five, six years, just an absolute like force. And you know, was basically the driving force behind those really good Chargers teams. The problem was they just couldn't get over the hump, and, and usually it was it was coaching. You know, Marty Schottenheimer, not not a known winner. Um, Norv Turner, not a known winner. Um, you know, but like there's so many good running backs um, that it, it's this is such a hard question for me to answer. Um, mostly because the Niner running backs don't quite make this cut. Um, you know, they're they're a tier below maybe not in terms of career production, certainly with Frank um, or like individual talent, like Roger Craig, you know, first, first running back ever to go a thousand rushing thousand receiving um, and should be in the hall of fame, by the way. But um, you know, I think, I think we have been, we have been blessed with, uh, I wonder if you guys can hear my dogs. We've been blessed with uh, some really outstanding running backs and, and unfortunately they just don't have the, the shelf life, right. That like, you can't, you know, when you're doing these like top fives or top tens, you're looking at, uh, it's like, okay, was it, 
were they were they that fun to watch for like a year or two, um, or were they, um, or did they have the longevity? Um, Bo Jackson would you know make that list right? Like if you needed one guy to take over a game, play the aliens, there's no been no better athlete at the running back position um, in the history of the game than probably Bo Jackson, you know, four one forty speed, you know, uh, shit like that. And, um, you know, so it's, it's that, he, that type of, of athlete and just having his career cut short is, um, is a guy, I wish we could have seen what he would have done Focusing on football full time and focus and and staying healthy would have been absolutely unreal. So, um, so let's split this up. Best career ever, Emmett Smith. Um, you know he's got the rings, he's got the career yardage record. Um, you know and and played most of his career with with the one team. Um, best running back for like a single game, going with Adrian Peterson. And I'd say best few years, best short sprint, like two, three years, Terrell Davis, best like long sprint, um, you know, I'd go with LaDainian Tomlinson. So, you know, if I was to draft a running back right now, I'd probably want to draft LT um, because I think he did more with a less talented line than than Emmett Smith. Um, uh, But again, going back to the the single game thing, I think I'm going um, Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson's probably my Adrian Peterson's probably my 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 space jam running back. So, anyway, thanks. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.